0: Welcome to a trucker's mind podcast. I'm Eddie McGee. It's your boy K. Fings. And we're back, man. Episode 113. Yep. Another week. Uh, What's about to take place right now? uh, I don't know how many podcasts have ever done this, but this might be the first podcast commencement speech ever. (laughs) Okay. I'm I'm saying that without actually having the knowledge of somebody ever doing it, but I'm going to take my shot at this. All right. Hello class of 2020, my name is Eddie McGee and just like you 17 years ago I graduated from high school. Your situation is a lot different due to these unfortunate circumstances however this virus is a lot less challenging than anything you are going to encounter in life. One of the things you are going to learn is to believe in yourself even when you don't believe in yourself. There's going to be times where you say things like to hell with it, fuck this homework, I'm so stressed out I need a break, but whatever you do, don't quit. I'll be the first to tell you that I felt all of these emotions and these emotions are very real. Also trust me when I say that the life you want is on the other side of your comfort, so don't bullshit yourself. Another thing you don't want to do is compare your life to someone else's. For some reason, as human beings, we look at other people's lives and use it as a gauge for our own individual success. But what we forget is that we reach milestones at different times. We shouldn't view another person's milestone as a reminder of our own failure, but instead understand that your time hasn't came yet. It just hasn't came yet. If you've ever watched the movie Rocky, he got the shit beat out of him for 10 rounds, but in the end he prevailed because he outlasted the opponent. In most cases in life, you simply need to outlast the situation and understand that anything worth something won't come easy. In closing, I'll say this. Take the time to thank the people who put, you, put the roof over your head, gave you warm meals, gave you warm clothes so you didn't freeze your ass off during the wintertime, and gave you wisdom in moments where you needed advice. These people are partly responsible for where you are today. These people are the ones who have invested and believed in you continue to make them proud congratulations and god bless the class of 2020 all right let's get into it all right uh switching gears quavo the rapper from the migos you've heard of him before he's never heard a commencement speech (laughs) Oh, man, dude, that's that's pretty funny. <laughs> um, but, yeah, man, Quavo from the Migos. Uh, Quavo graduated. He just graduated from high school. And uh, a lot of people were confused. They are like, he just graduated, right? Mm-hmm. But he was proud of the fact that he graduated. He took a picture of him in his cap and gown, and he, had this, he got his high school diploma. And a lot of people showed him love, like, man, congratulations, good job, this and that. But, you know, uh, Quavo is 29 years old, so he's been out of high school over 10 years. And there was people making fun of him, right? And there was people like, man, that's why his lyrics sound like that because this nigga 10 years behind and cracking jokes (laughs) on him and all this stuff, right? But it seems like the internet and people on the internet, whenever they feel like they can take a chance, at, take a shot at you, they'll do it, even though they are 10 times less successful than you are. I think it speaks volumes to Quavo because he never needed to go back to school. Yeah. You know, this guy didn't need that fucking diploma, Mm -hmm. you know? But he took the time to do it. I think that's very telling of who he is as a person. Yeah, I think I think a lot of people try
1: to use these situations as a opportunity to bring somebody down, you know. And it's usually a reflection of how they are as a person. Right. You know, maybe they're their person that is working at Walmart right now and right. you know, they gotta deal with the potential of getting a coronavirus every single day exactly. and they see somebody without no degree and they're like, Oh my gosh, this nigga's like you know, not even smart enough to finish high school, but right. he a millionaire and he got number one records and stuff like that. Exactly. So a lot of that just stems from them comparing themselves to, you know, other people all day long. It's like if you just turned off the TV or get off got off of Instagram, you wouldn't feel insecure about how you are, how you are doing in your own life.
0: A hundred percent. I think that uh, most of life is about running your own race. And if you see somebody achieving something, even if you consider it something small— you know, congratulate them. Tell them congratulations, um, and just be respectful. I don't think there's any reason to shit on people, and I I think the funny thing, too, is what you learn is successful people don't take out time to shit on others. Yeah, I think that people that are wildly successful for the most part, um, they don't take out time to shit on people Mm -hmm. because it takes too much effort to reach down they rather just when somebody when somebody achieves something for the most part they'll be like hey congratulations yeah like i I would never see somebody like damn that nigga barely graduated Mm -hmm. (laughs) because let me be clear i'm a i'm a college dropout bro like Mm -hmm. i can't make fun of anybody yeah just because why because i have a high school diploma and you know he doesn't that doesn't make me better than him like what metric are people using to crack jokes on Migos. I mean, not Migos, but on um, Quavo.
1: Yeah. I think a lot of people, and if you have these kind of friends that are in this, in that same, uh, like those kind of friends that say those things, or right. people that you know, they don't have to be a friend, just think about them and think about where they are at in life. Right. And you, that's usually a, a telltale sign or a reflection of, of what they are doing in their life. Because a lot of those people that I see um, that are commenting and saying those those kind of sentiments about certain people, right? They're working like regular jobs, and it's nothing wrong with working a regular jobs a regular job. But you can tell that they're not satisfied with, with what they right. where they are at in life.
0: Yeah, I bet mm-hmm. you somebody in those comments making fun of him just got through sucking dick for forty dollars. <laughs> so you out here sucking dick for forty dollars, and <laughs> I even <didn't> work. <laughs> <laughs> you out here sucking dick for forty dollars, mm-hmm. and you cracking jokes on Quavo. Yeah. Like, get out of here, man. And and I think that this goes with a lot of other people. Like, for example, um, let's use us. Me and Keith see us being in very high places within the next coming years or mm-hmm. whenever. You know, we don't know when that is. But when that happens, I guarantee you there's going to be somebody like, yeah, you know, they thought they was doing something with the podcast. Yeah, they're getting paid money now, but I could have did the same thing. You yeah. know, it's not like they're doing something great. Yeah. And that's what people do. They They try to take a shot at somebody even when there's no shot to be taken. Mm-hmm. And it's I it, see it a lot. I see it a lot, especially like in the the comedy
1: world, especially exactly. like the local comedy world out here. There's so many people with egos that haven't done anything. <laughs> right. It just gets annoying. Like a lot there's, you know, a couple people in particular that um mm-hmm. so there'll be certain showcases and stuff like that. And they'll bring a headliner from wherever whether it's a guy from l a or a guy from uh the Bay Area or something they'll bring them down here and there what will happen is that the headliner will go on and they they will, a lot of these guys are seasoned guys and right. you know the t- the talent level is you know it's it it is what it is you know there could right. be a person or you can tell a joke funnier than yeah you know Dave chappelle potentially It's just you know a night by night basis right um. But you know, a lot of these guys, they'll be like, "Oh, this, you know, this dude wasn't that funny at all. Like he's from LA and he' been at the comedy store. He ain't even that funny. And he' been he' been at whatever comedy club in the Bay Area and he' not even that funny. Y'all. This dude opened up for such and such. He' not funny at all. Right. And then that comes from them comparing themselves, but also knowing that they aren't as successful as these people. Hundred percent. Yeah,
0: I think that what really what people hate is when someone reminds them of what they're not. Yeah. Right. So you could be looking and watching TV or something and somebody pops up and you're an artist and that person's popular and you're not. And you're like, fuck, you know, cause you realize that you have not made it where you want to. Mm-hmm. Sometimes people envy others because that person's actually doing what they're passionate about. I'm telling you Yeah. that happens all the time. And you have to be mindful of that type
1: of energy from, the people you are surrounded by, 100%. and it may not even be your your friend, friend, but you know people you work with. You know there there may be people that be mad that you got a promotion at your job, or right. you know there may be somebody that is in you're a, you're an associate. But be mindful of that energy because if they're saying these sentiments about someone else, they can oh, also yeah. say that about you when you're not around.
0: Oh yeah, hundred percent, man. Mm-hmm. And and the thing about it is, is we we live in a uh, very like a herd mentality, mm-hmm. you know, where people. Uh, work jobs they hate they do things that they dislike they don't have Mm -hmm. any passion so Mm -hmm. uh, when they see somebody doing it's so foreign to them Mm -hmm. and someone's like how did they do this it doesn't make any sense I don't understand it because their brain can't even comprehend someone that is living their dreams or doing what they want Mm -hmm. so they feel like it's like it's all it's weird if you ever been around people like this they will say things that make no sense just because they hate the person like, it'll be, I don't know, some extremely beautiful woman. I don't know. Uh, take your pick. Mm-hmm. She'll pop up like, that bitch's eyelashes is all crooked. Yeah. And it's like, you, you you were saying that just because you just dislike that person. Yeah. You just dislike their presence because they're doing something that they actually love to do. Yeah. I remember
1: once, and you know I don't want to say too many names, but yeah. there was an instance where we were talking about a local rapper. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, pretty successful, moderately successful, and Correct. you know, just on his way to to becoming more popular, and you know, and trying to get signed and stuff like that. But mm-hmm. his name came up, and then uh, one of the person, one of the people we were, uh, talk, one of the people I was talking to about this rapper, kept saying his government name, and you know, for in in that. In that space, it's almost like a, a demeaning, right. you know, way of you know approaching like how you're talking about the artist, because yeah. you know everyone everyone knows him by his rap rap name, but right. for you to go in there and be like, oh, it's just such and such, or oh, it's just him, you know, that's a that's a way for for them to be uh, trying to be disrespectful. But it also goes back to that same idea of you, you know, probably feeling a little bit insecure about your own success, mm-hmm. but seeing that. You know, even us mentioning his name says something because Mm -hmm. that means he's doing something out here,
0: you know, in that in that in the music industry 100%. You know, I'll say this in closing: I, I, anybody that can look at someone else and feel inferior, it just means one thing simply is that you just don't believe in yourself, yeah. And I think if you see somebody achieving some type of a milestone and you don't give them, excuse me, a burp. You, you don't see if you don't see yourself. I lost my train of thought. Burping. Uh, <laughs> I'll just say this, man. If you have any type of gripe with someone doing something positive, it says a lot about you. And I think that you got to look deep inside and figure out what's fucked up and fix it. Yeah. Because if you're that fucked up to where you can't give people credit for doing something right, they're not taking food out of your mouth, they're not stealing from your family, you got no reason. You really shouldn't have any reason yeah. to say something bad.
1: Yeah. They ain't done nothing to you, but you yeah. just bringing straight negative energy to
0: today progress. Yeah. I knew mm-hmm. a dude. I used to work with a dude that got blocked by Joe Budden. hmm Because <laughs> he was always talking shit to Joe Budden. Yeah. And Joe Budden blocked him. And he's like, oh, I can't believe that fool blocked me. I was like, motherfucker. What do you expect? What would you expect? <laughs> you expect? was being a fucking troll, and he yeah. blocked you, stupid yeah. ass. And then he was like, oh, I can't believe he blocked me, man. I don't understand. I'm like, dude.
1: And That's it's stupid. just, it, it's hate.
0: And mm-hmm. people make fun of Joe Budden for uh, his hit single, uh, Pump It Up, right? But here's the problem. It's a hit single. Where's your hit single? A lot of niggas don't got to pump it up. No. They, a lot of people don't have one. So it's like, why? how can you make fun of somebody's success? I just don't understand. I can't comprehend it. Also, Joe Budden is a really good rapper. Yeah, he really like is. his success doesn't
1: necessarily match his talent. Right. Ever. So... Yeah, he People really can is. say what he, they want to, but you can't
0: rap better than Joe Budden. Nah, most people cannot rap better than Joe Budden, period. Mm-hmm. All right. Check uh, the um, mm-hmm. thing again. What thing? The board. Oh, let me see. Nope,
1: nothing. It's not plug- is it plugged in? Check this right here.
0: Uh, it wasn't yeah. plugged in. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Ah, there it is. There we go. Try oh, it yeah. Oh, yeah. There you go. Nothing. Can you hear it? What's
1: no. the mix? The mixer is not. This thing. Ah, uh, don't worry about it. Yeah. Try it one more time. Yes, this it, now the sound's distorted. Just try it and let's see if it that's, that's it. No, nothing.
0: no, nothing. It's, mm-hmm. it's all distorted. You might have to cut something out. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> yeah. Um Switching gears. Uh Joe Biden. I don't know how many of you guys have heard the conversation between Joe, Bar- Joe Biden and Charlemagne and God, uh, where Charlemagne was interviewing Joe Biden and he was talking about a black agenda and X and Y. And here's the clip It's a long way until November. We got more questions. You got more okay. questions, but I tell you, if you have a problem figuring out whether you're for me or Trump and you ain't black. All right, what you get from that clip is basically Joe Biden stating, like, if you're considering voting for Donald Trump, you don't know if you're voting Donald Trump or me, you ain't black. I just think that this is why Barack didn't let Biden talk very much. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and what I find hilarious is the fact that you were, uh, you know, next to a black president for eight years and you didn't realize that this was inappropriate. Mm-hmm. It's like, yo, I don't need an old white man to you know, to dictate what my blackness is if I don't vote for him or not. This is something that white people will never experience. This is why, you know, there's when they talk about like whether it's white privilege or whatever the case, and people say, oh, it's, white privilege doesn't exist. This doesn't make sense. What black man can tell a white person, you ain't white if you don't like uh, skateboards or some shit, mm-hmm. and then still get votes from white people? That just doesn't fucking happen. But in America, you could be an old white man and say, "You ain't black if you don't vote for me." And it's like, "Motherfucker, please."-hmm. I don't <laughs> Are you kidding me, man? And this is why I have an issue I have, a, I have an issue with Democrats and Republicans. Like I just have a just general issue. And the general issue is that we got an outdated system, man, and you got over 90 percent of black votes, and this is how you treat black people. Mhm. Like man, it did this this like it makes you not want to vote. What's the point of me voting? First of all, Trump is going to run away with this shit. Period. Mm-hmm. That's my opinion, right? And then you got this motherfucker doing this, and if he lost any votes, then he's already done. Like I don't I don't really have any energy to vote for somebody talking like this.
1: Yeah. It, it brings me back to what uh they were talking about with, with P Diddy as far as um he was saying like you know we gon' we're gonna hold our vote hostage or something like that and he got a lot of backlash for that but Mm -hmm. um i think now in you know just what happened with this during this past week um that statement is now more prevalent than it was when he actually said it right because i feel the same way it's like you you get tired of like the we don't have to vote the no. the the right to vote is a right to vote or right. right not to vote exactly so the fact that we continuously keep getting these um these politicians that are you know disrespectful to us or all these politicians that don't have an agenda for us but also, they want us to vote for them. Like, I I don't think that flies anymore. No, like you not. have to you have to go out and bring me into the voting process. A hundred percent, especially in a uh, in a state like California, it's almost like you know we already know you're gonna win California just because it's a Democratic state, right? So we shouldn't we shouldn't feel obligated to to vote for him no. just because he's. Just because he's a Democrat. And Mexi- Mexicans shouldn't either. And, you know, a- the Asian community and the you know right. Native American and nobody should feel obligated to vote for somebody that's not going to help you out.
0: No. Nah. And the thing about it, too, is this. And what we mean by black agenda is a real black agenda. And here's the reason why. If you don't understand what we mean, you might want to open up a book. Because uh, the government is complicit in oppressing the black community. And people say, oh, God, they just look for any reason to blame somebody for it. Look at the history. Redlining, one of the most egregious forms of household discrimination. That's why ghettos exist. The reason why ghettos exist is not because black people is lazy and don't get jobs. They exist based on the fact that middle class black folks lived in these areas next to white people. And back in the day, the white people were empowered by the government and black people were not. It is that fucking simple. And and peep and redlining is still prevalent in America today, even though it's not, because they're when basically when white America was um, empowered by the government, that that allowed them to help their lineage. Mm-hmm. So you have you you're able to positively aff- affect your lineage by you know uh, inheriting a home or buying other properties. Black people don't they never had nothing to fucking leverage. Yeah. So a lot of them has been stuck in the hood which is fucked up. And th- these same schools in these areas are underfunded. They got books that the books look fucked up. And basically, I don't want to you know, go way into a fucking wormhole because I would have to. But people don't talk about these things. And I think that if the government had to, they would have to admit the wrongdoing to the black community and they just won't do it. Mm-hmm. And when they did an interview with Joe Biden, this motherfucker was acting like, oh, you know... Uh, they talked about the it was a '94 crime bill, mm-hmm. and uh, he he basically did not own up to any wrongdoing. Yeah. So it's like, bro, how do you expect for a community of people that you were complicit in oppressing and locking up forever? Yeah. And now we're supposed to vote for you, man?
1: Yeah. I I mean, in, in the the good thing about and I only made this realization right after Joe Biden made that statement. Um. I was I was always under the impression like yo your vote is you know I, mean? I mean your uh your vote is important everybody right. needs to vote you know um you know this these these bills and these you know the voting for the pres- pres- presidency really affects our community and I am going to vote you know depending on what bills and stuff are on the thing and mm-hmm. you know if we're voting for congressmen and senators and stuff like right. that I'm gonna I'm gonna vote but when it comes to the presidency. Um, If I don't see anybody on there That I I, exactly. I really care for And it don't seem to Like it will play out that way Then I'm not voting I'm definitely not voting for Joe Biden This yeah, nigga is tripping
0: Yeah, you, you trash, bro Yeah You know, you got And the thing about it is, is This is the second election Where you got two motherfuckers That you don't want to vote for mm. Don't want to vote for Trump Didn't want to vote for Hillary Now I don't want to vote for Biden or Trump yeah. Like it, the thing the, the number one thing That I would say the black community needs Uh, in elections is integrity. And I feel like my integrity is in question when I'm voting for a motherfucker that I don't even like. Mm -hmm. I I think that's a problem. And until somebody is in there that can actually... That actually has integrity. I don't see the point of ever voting for these motherfuckers. Mm -hmm. And then when I mentioned it on Facebook and then I was getting attacked by some other black people like, oh, so you're just going to further the stereotype that black people don't vote and Mm -hmm. all of this. I'm thinking like, yo, you could take that old school, outdated ideology and shove it up your ass because I don't give a fuck. Okay, yeah, I'm a I'm a working class black guy, a black man, (laughs) Mm -hmm. and I don't need some motherfucker telling me that I'm not black if I don't vote for him. That that doesn't make any sense.
1: Also the reason I want to hold my vote is because what I realize is that um over the past 4 years my life has not been that terrible. Right. So in turn <laughs> it feels like it doesn't matter who the president is. And it's different to be, you know, ignorant right and be out here like man I ain't voting because I'm too lazy or whatever but right. it's different when you're informed and you're making a conscious decision not to Go out and, uh, you know, put your put your uh, vote in because it's like, I you know, it's it's almost more powerful into into exactly. not vote is also to vote. You know what I mean? Yeah. Not voting is a it's it's saying something and it's actually, you know, conducive to, you know, the way the numbers will play out. So,
0: and I think it's like and and people don't realize they're trying to tell me, like, you need to vote because we got to get this clown out of office and. And it's just like, look, man, like this is the second time we've been in this situation, mm-hmm. right? And I think that the people elected Trump, and if they elect him again, so be it. All I know is that you got, okay, imagine this. Imagine you don't like Brussels sprouts, right? Yeah. And then you get two plates. You get a Brussels sprouts, and then on the side it got ranch, and then you get another plate of Brussels sprouts, and then it got hot sauce. Uh, It's still Brussels sprouts. Mm-hmm. And you don't like Brussels sprouts I know it's a fucked up analogy <laughs> Basically you gotta choose between There's some two.
1: vegan out there like oh my gosh that sounds so delicious it is.
0: <laughs> <laughs> It's a vegan listening like I'm getting so moist <laughs> <laughs> oh, crazy. oh man I'm quivering down there <laughs> <laughs> If you wanna have foreplay with a vegan you just be like You like that broccoli stick huh? <laughs> Yeah. you like the way i rub that broccoli on your mouth huh? that's funny oh dang oh man you know vegans you know you know what they listen to for headphones beats <laughs> this man's stupid that... <laughs> uh, beats by karen that's funny yeah man um but yeah, what, what else I noticed about Joe Biden is, you know, I see him on a lot of other platforms talking to different political pundits. And I, and, and when he went to the Breakfast Club, what I noticed is I noticed like uh, kind of like a, a lack of is a little professionalism. bit a lack of professionalism. Mm-hmm. And I think what happens is when people go to black platforms such as Breakfast Club, they get they they it's not so much they get comfortable. Mm-hmm. It's like they are pandering to black people and they think that the shit that they're doing is OK, like, for example, he's like, come on, man. You know, like, my record shows. You know what I'm saying? Like, my record shows. And I'm thinking, like, man, you old, bro. Like, you don't talk like this. Mm-hmm. You don't talk like this.
1: That that bothers me not only with Joe Biden, but in, like, the working world. 100%. You know, you ever been in, like, oh, a yeah. shoe store or somebody or something where, you know, the person will come by and just be cussing? At, I wouldn't say a shoe store because... You know that's a little bit more personal. It's like right. hip hop culture and stuff. Understood. But if you're in a restaurant, maybe, and then the waiter comes up, like, "What's up, bro?" It's just like, you yeah. know, don't you don't
0: have to say that. Just talk to me like you would anybody else, right? Mm-hmm. If I'm in a professional setting and I see you talking to a white guy, and you're like, "No problem, sir. Yeah, definitely. Uh, we'll get back to you as soon as possible. Have a nice day." But then you walk over to me, like, "Hey, what's up, dog? What's going on, bro?" Yeah. I'm thinking like, why the fuck did you change the way you were talking to me? Yeah. Right. That annoys me. I can't so many respect levels. you because I don't walk up to white dudes like, yo, dude, what's up, man? What's going <laughs> on, bro? What's up, man? Like, I don't do that shit <laughs> because I realize that you know, white, black, whoever are not monolithic. Yeah, you, know, you 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 can't you can't look at everyone through one freaking scope. Yeah, you know, just treat people with general basic respect. Yeah, and I feel like you don't respect me as a black man when I see you on TV. Talking about You know questioning my blackness for one And then two talking to me like Yeah saying you ain't You ain't black like you're Basically trying to Dumb down the way you're talking This is the question I have for Joe Biden how do you really fucking Feel about black people yeah how do You really feel about black people Mm -hmm. Like that's my question Mm -hmm. You know it, it just because you was Vice president to a black man for eight years, doesn't mean you enjoy black people. He was probably just playing a game, like me and you talked about. Mm He probably was just playing a political game. And Joe Biden, I mean, and Obama was like, oh, all right, fuck it. We'll get Biden over here. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) So he probably was just playing a political game. But you got to remember, Hillary wanted the black vote. She called young black men super predators. Okay, Motherfucking Joe Biden over here saying, you ain't black. And then he he's responsible for locking up a bunch of black people. So it's like, yo, like these are the motherfuckers we're supposed to vote for? Yeah. The shit you gotta You know, the best way to win the
1: black vote is not to try to be black. It's not to try to be cool. It's to do something <laughs> right. for us. Right. You it don't have to be reparations, but at least, you know, tell tell me something I wanna hear. Don't be trying to you know, say bro, and you know, yeah. come on, man, and say you, you yeah. want hot sauce in your purse. That's not how you That's get my
0: vote. Ridiculous! i mean uh during that Breakfast Club interview with Hillary Clinton in 2016, uh, they said, "What is something that you would have in your purse?" She said, "Hot sauce," and it yeah. was like, "What, really?" Yeah. And then uh, and then Charlamagne was like, "You know, pe- people are gonna think you're pandering for black votes." And then she said, "Is it working?" Yeah. I'm like, oh my god, that is ridiculous. Yeah, politics, man. This it, it's just nuts. See, here's the difference between like people like me and Keith and, and like I guess the general consensus is I'm willing to admit, right? I was a registered Democrat for many years. and me, I don't have any allegiance to any party, you know, especially now. But my thing is is I'm willing to admit when someone I support fucks up. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm not saying I support Biden, but I can objectively look at people and say okay, even if I support this person, I got to hold them accountable. you know. And I don't see that in politics across the board. I didn't seen Trump say a million dumb things and people that support him is like, no, what he's basically saying, you' be like, no, some motherfucker told you to put disaffectants under the skin. Okay? Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> you shouldn't even ask that fucking question. And people find a way to defend it because they support everything. It's about tribalism. They don't give a fuck about um, objectively looking at something and say, "Hey, he fucked up." Yeah,
1: that's. Like, a, I mean, it's a lot of like, it's just clowns across the board, right? So I don't really know what they expect from us, and right. you know, like you, you always said, there's this, there's this uh, agenda to push back black people to to get to go to the polls, right. but at the same time, like. You know, most of them are just making ignorant decisions. But when you're when you're um, when you're researched and when you know what's really going on, I I can stand by somebody that says I'm not voting for I'm not voting during this election.
0: I'll tell you what, though. I'll tell you why I know that uh, uh, politicians don't give a shit about black people. This is why. Um, And once again, I'm going to have to reference everyone listening to the podcast. Make sure you please do the research. Because what you're going to do is you'll listen to me and invalidate what I'm saying. Not only because I'm saying it, but because I'm black and it seems like I'm coming off bias. But the current landscape of the world with COVID-19 proved that reparations can be a real thing for black people. And it's not a handout. It's based on the fact that, that oppressed black people for many years have not been giving any fucking empowerment from the government. Actually having things taken away from them. Where did all this money come from out of nowhere? Mm-hmm out of nowhere, black people represent what? 14% of the country? How hard would it be to empower 14% of the whole country? Not very fucking hard. Yeah. Right? So, the whole reparations conversation is a real conversation. But mm-hmm. you notice when, when when Democrats get the conversation, they're like, they, they just kind of like, blow over it. Yeah. And it's like, dude, you're not trying to help black people. You feel like black people are a poor investment, yeah. which is why you don't like having that conversation. Yeah. And this is the, one of the reasons why I don't see a point in voting based on the fact that if motherfuckers are not really trying to fix what they broke, I'm saying fix what they broke. Don't give black people handouts. I don't believe in that. I believe in fixing what you broke and it's still broken and you have not fucking fixed it. That is my gripe.
1: Yeah. If you if you look at the statistics, the a lot of the unemployment rates hover around like 12, 13, 14 percent, depending right. on... Um, and some of them a little bit higher than that, maybe in a, in the a 18 or 19 percent range right. in, in certain states uh, currently. And all those people are getting their 25 percent each mm-hmm. week, you know, of, of their rate or 30 percent of their of their previous um, salary. Right. But they're also getting that six hundred extra dollars a week. Yeah. So what I'm saying is if there's 13, 14 percent black people, mm-hmm. that's. The the numbers are comparable, so in turn, they could have been giving black people... Some sort of
0: reparations For a long time 100% And here's the deal Of what a lot of people Don't realize When they You know People just love to look At the stereotypes You get too You get too comfortable Watching only one type of news Whether you're liberal And you only watch MSNBC Or you're conservative And you only watch Fox And you consider that News when it's not news It's just That's training It's training Mm -hmm. And you're reaffirming Everything you already believe You're not learning Any new information Mm -hmm. So here's the deal If Look up 40 acres and a mule Right, forty acres and a mule were that was something that was supposed to empower black people after slavery that they did not fucking get. Now mm-hmm. I think there was some very few black people got it, mm-hmm. but even getting forty acres and a mule after slavery would have put black people so far ahead that they would have still been reaping the benefits to today. If you, I think I don't know what the percentage is, but if you look at how many black people own land versus white people, I'm sure it's a, a great yeah, disparity. Be crazy, a just crazy think about disparity. how many black people we know that
1: own a house. Right. You know, I know in my, my family, um, probably one. Yeah. 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 Things like that affect
0: maybe two. Sorry. Oh no, I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Things like that affect generations. Yeah. Generations. Cause if one person doesn't have something, how can they give that to someone else? And then if that person doesn't have anything, how can they give anything to someone else? It, you have, in order for you to have generational wealth or some type of generational thing to pass down, Um, you have to be an outlier. Most times in the black community, you have to be an outlier in order to create some form of generational wealth. Yeah. So an outlier, for example, is like a LeBron James, right? Where LeBron James lived in Section Eight housing and then all of a sudden he's he could jumps from high school to the NBA and gets a huge shoe contract. Yeah. So now he has generational wealth, but the average person does not have that type of talent or situation to get out. So the average Joe blow that's living in those situations, they got to work extra hard to get
1: out. I was just thinking about, I was talking to, uh, somebody about I have a friend named Tyler and he's just mm-hmm. he just graduated graduating medical school and he's going to be a doctor. Oh wow. Awesome. And uh he's originally from Belize. Oh so he, wow. He came here, I don't know when he came here. Maybe when he was in middle school or something like that. Uh uh-huh. but I met him in high school and um I was just so like so proud of him because of, you know, he's from a third world country basically and just him getting his his degree and becoming a doctor is going to set his family up for the rest of right you know, for generations and generations and right. generations. So I was thinking about that. I was like, yo, that's so so dope for him. Um right. and he and he's maybe not even thinking about it in that aspect, but he going to be he
0: going to be all right. Yeah, and you you look at that situation, he becomes a doctor, um he buys a property. Um imagine he gets one more property, so he has two properties. Then you know he may pass it down to his kids. His kids get the property, and let's say they're successful, Mm -hmm. and then they see it's it's that's how it works. I don't think people understand, but if you're listening to this, and obviously you may if you're non-black, whoever you are, just from a very general aspect, if you're a person that has some form of property that can be passed down to your children, Mm -hmm. and if they're responsible with it, that's on them. But they still had the opportunity. That's the key thing missing from a lot of black America is the opportunity. And now the problem too is, is that it's gone so many generations of black people that have not been empowered. It's turned into a mental, like a mental, uh, I won't say a mental illness, but like a lack of, of self-worth almost because mm-hmm. it's like, well, I ain't got shit. Who cares? I ain't, Yeah, I ain't got shit. You know, I even no more, if you, even if you look at like,
1: you know, certain people's houses and the way they take care of themselves and certain yeah. apartment complexes and stuff yeah, out it's here. Different. Yeah. It was I was uh talking to Eddie one day about like the apartments that I live in right versus some of the apartments that are in like better communities right, right here right. in Bakersfield and, and the ones that are at our apartments are like just ran down. Um a lot of times the the trash men will come and they'll dump the trash, but they'll leave it all in the parking lot and just kind of like slung everywhere. But I'll be at, you know, certain other apartments and, you know, that are more well put together, more right. well kept in like the, you know, upper communities. Right, right, right. And they have like con- confined um, placements, you know, little doors yeah. on the on the um, trash cans and stuff like that. And it's just just seeing those two things juxtaposed against each other. It, it tells you everything you need to know about 100%. how, you know, people care
0: about their community. So. It's not only how they care about it, but it's also how other people perceive it. Mm-hmm. So anybody that that hears about the, the east side of Bakersfield, you know, in the rougher area, they'll be like, oh, that place is garbage or always oh, trash or this and that. And they tend to respect not they tend to not only respect the area, but they tend to respect the people even less. Mm-hmm. So you got to understand when you see shootings that happen in these inner city, any city, inner city areas, it's not because the person's just being trashed. It's based on the fact that these are the most heavily patrolled areas in town. And a lot of the people are already seen as lower. When you turn on the news, you need to be honest with yourself if you're listening. But if you go to the news and you see a shooting on a certain side of town, you'd be like, oh, what's new? They those people are terrible over there. They're this They're that. Mm-hmm. But in actuality, there are a lot of kids in that area that go. Uh, that are about to go to college, that Mm. are trying to do better, that are trying to do things, but there are a lot of people in that area that don't even respect where they live. So you have a mixture of people. You have a mixture of people that are trying to better themselves and do the right thing, and then you have other people who don't give a fuck about shit. And when you intertwine these people, nobody knows who's who. Uh So if if a cop shows up and he sees... Uh, you know little, little Don Trail and then he sees little Bobby he don't know which one is which one is a good kid which one is bad yeah. so that's why you end up you know seeing the Tamir Rice's of the world getting shot that was minding his business so yeah. this is kind of turned into like this conversation is kind of turned into a whole off of the Joe Biden thing mm. but these are all things considered that should be yeah. considered when you are a person supposedly that is for black people supposedly. Yeah. You know, these are yeah. things you should be considering all these conditions. And I'm sure Joe Biden probably has no fucking clue.
1: Yeah. To kind of go back to that point you were talking about with the like the certain areas in town and you like people having these perceptions of certain areas right. of town. Um that's what that really sways like the, the 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 community like Bakersfield you know, this is everywhere in you know in the world but in, in our specific case we're talking about Bakersfield right that really sways how people are thinking about you know certain community like we were just right. having a conversation earlier about how like for 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 our is the the east side of Bakersfield and mm-hmm. how it has a you know it, it has a a perception of being like a crime ridden place and right. you know a lot of poverty and you know people breaking into houses, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. But what we were saying was that because we've been in certain places and we lived in certain places and we know people that live in certain areas, there's good communities that are tucked off into quote unquote the worst neighborhood That's or true. the worst very side true. of town, very true, yeah. So that kind of goes with that perception. If we had never been able to Move around different places and have friends. I live over here and live over here. We would always have this perception, like, "Yo, like you know, the east side of Bakersfield is terrible. That's right. the worst. We would never move there. I want to live in the southwest and some stuff like that." So,
0: yeah, yeah. Uh, all I know is, man, is uh, yeah, we we definitely got to make some changes in mm-hmm. in from the political, uh, basically dealing with politics in general because. Mm-hmm. This is just this is just flat out sad, man. Yeah. It's just it's just a fucking it's a fuck fest over there, man. Yeah.
1: What <laughs> we have to realize too is that these people uh they work for us. Yeah. And they also have to earn our votes. You know what I mean? That's why we're that's why we pay taxes and that's why we, you know, do certain things as, as far as like jury duty and all these mm-hmm. things to uphold our uh our end of the bargain, but also right. we, they have to work for us because we are the people that are spending you know, our time to go out to the polls. And, and and in turn we have to hold these people accountable. And I think the the most powerful thing a person has in this in this aspect and this is each individual person. They have their vote. Right. You know? So they have we have to make sure whatever community you're in, if you're in the LGBT community and you're searching for different, you know, rights and stuff for your community, if you're black, if you're Mexican, if, you know, if you're Asian, whatever you have to uh, make sure that the person that you're voting for, or the person in your political party, you
0: have to make sure that they're actually trying to help you, and that's
1: what it really boils down
0: to. Uh, you know what it boils down to? Also, I think Joe Biden doesn't even know where he is. Like yeah. I, honestly, Joe Biden, I think he has like like some type of early dementia or something. Yeah. This guy has so many times where he fucks up during interviews and it's concerning. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm like, dude, this motherfucker is like a robot. I don't Yeah. <laughs> Joe Biden said, "In in November, I plan on beating Joe Biden." I'm like, "What? That's crazy." You beating yourself? You don't even know who the fuck he's up against, dude. This shit is it's so strange. I've never seen somebody that fucks up this often. Mm-hmm. Something's wrong with this guy. Yeah, Joe Biden. Joe Biden the type of dude that'd be like, <laughs> like, so how do you feel today, Joe Biden? You're like, ah, oh, I'm great. I'm in the shower. He'd be like, What? <laughs> do an interview, Joe. What the fuck? <laughs> Anyways. Yeah. Switching gears. Uh, Joe Rogan. I'm no, I'm not sure how many of you guys are familiar with the deal he just made with Spotify. Um, but he made a licensing deal with Spotify. Um, it rumored around hundred million dollars. Nobody knows the exact number. Uh, however, this is a huge play for for podcasts in general because a lot of people don't put value on podcasts. They are just like, oh yeah, I listening to some podcasts for fun, or or podcast creators are like, yeah, just do it for a hobby for fun. But what you need to understand is that there is a whole market for podcasting um, where you can make a significant amount of money, right? Mm-hmm. And Joe Rogan is literally the Michael Jordan of podcasts, right? And what Spotify is doing is they're getting pretty aggressive with. No, looking for talent, and they already got Joe Budden on there. Now you got Joe Rogan. You got both the Joes on one platform. Mm-hmm. So now they're creating. They're getting so many, you know, uh, so much traffic being driven to Spotify that it's they're they're gonna make all the money that they, that they that they gave Joe Rogan back. Yeah, mind you, this is all during a pandemic, so it's like there's certain industries that die and fail and go down the hole. But look at podcasts, Jesus Christ, man! And and not only Joe Rogan, but I looked at what other podcasts are making because these things aren't really public knowledge a lot of times. I don't know how many are familiar with the podcast called "Call Her Daddy," But it's these two white chicks that talk about sucking dick and shit. But uh, that's funny. <laughs> Dead serious, you got to listen to this podcast. I, I don't. No, I don't. No, I know, right? I don't, <laughs> I don't listen to it. I'm not a regular, but I've heard them on there, mm-hmm. and they're on ba- uh, on bar stool, but yeah. Um they talk about you know partying and, and and different sex experiences and shit and it and it gets really played out. It's not a very uh there's not like it's not very uh there's not there's not a lot of value in it personally. that's mm-hmm. just my personal opinion. Mm-hmm. but I find out that these chicks are getting paid a half a million dollars a year to talk about sucking dick and that's I'm just like, good. god damn like you're paying these chicks this much money. To talk pretty much about nothing, yeah, you know, but um, a podcast such as me and Keith, who are starting from the ground up and building a huge, um, just a huge, uh, not not only a following, our following is still growing, Mm -hmm. uh, but we have a a a bit huge catalog. Mm -hmm. So we're doing all the work because this podcast is going to get paid. It's gonna get paid. I know there's not a, I don't know of anybody else making that. Uh, statement from this area but I know that I know I'm going to get paid a lot of money to do these podcasts Mm -hmm. so that's why I love doing it not not I love doing it in general not for the money I just have a feeling and I believe with everything that I can believe in that I'm going to get paid if I could watch certain town I get paid I know I'm going to get it Mm -hmm. so seeing not only those girls getting paid but Joe Rogan it just really made the light bulb go off man Mm -hmm. I'm just waiting for Spotify to get that check ready <laughs> That's, That's real. Yeah. I think um we uh we had a
1: conversation, you know, over over a year ago, I think. Yeah, exactly. You know, before um like right after Joe Budden got his contract with Spotify. And for us, we are just figuring this thing out on the fly. But I was right. telling Eddie, I was like, yo, this is like this is this deal is um like almost unprecedented, and we don't know the numbers, but it wasn't really even about the numbers. It was more so about this idea that Spotify was really investing into podcasting, and how and and what that means for us. And for us, you know, we only have our 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 our, um, podcasts on a few platforms at the moment. Mm -hmm. But knowing that, you know, we did technically have the ability to put it on Spotify with with the with the Anchor app, right? Um, But we was like, no, we just want to build up. Our podcast and build up our catalog and build up our listeners enough to where we can go into any meeting and be like, yo, we yep. will have leverage, you know, 100%. versus, you know, going through these different different channels and trying to um, just place our. Our um our podcasts on Spotify or wherever for the sake of it being on there, a hundred percent. You know, so we just want to um, and we we talked, we always mention that thing about Travers Gambino when him when he was saying like I keep I keep my stuff free as long as possible, right? And I I think that's what we're doing um with this, and even you know even when it gets on when Joe Rogan's thing gets on Spotify, it's still free, but you know it's just about attention, and when you have attention, you can um you can leverage that into in and in monetize that in, in certain ways that you can't when you're just trying to force your way into these different
0: rooms. Exactly, man. Mm-hmm. You got to have the work there. Mm-hmm. So the thing about it is our work is some is unprecedented. Like you, you, you got two guys, right, that attack this podcast space as if it's, you know, a job. You know, a lot of people are not putting out podcasts every week. They're just not. Mm-hmm. They're just not putting it out. That's just what they do. But I think there's different levels of passion. You know, there's the NBA player who obviously is being paid a lot of money to play the game, but it took work to get there. Mm -hmm. Then you have the collegiate player that, you know, didn't quite make it to the league, but did pretty good. Then you got the guy that just shoots around and goes to the park. And a lot of people are just people that go to the park in the podcast space. They They don't really have intentions of making it to that next level. But mm-hmm. I think that my motivation comes from working a regular job. I just think that working a regular job is not meant for me. I'm not meant to be the guy that works a job for 40 years and gets to go watch and retires. That's just not my thing. My thing is to do what I want through the podcast space space and also lose, use the podcast to leverage other areas of business where I can make even more money. And then that will allow me to, you know, I would be in that same, uh, class i mentioned earlier i would be basically like an outlier Mm -hmm. i'd be the guy that has a lot of money but my thing is is not to have a lot of money to buy fancy shit and show off me having a lot of money would be based uh on giving other people opportunities um and using the podcast to create those also Mm -hmm. and just giving back to my city those those are the reason why i want to do it yeah yeah yeah
1: yeah, I think, you know, like we said before, it's just, uh, it's it's empowering. And, and we talked about, you know, this at the beginning of the podcast and the different way we feel about success versus like how the hater or whomever right. would feel about it. And, you know, this is a perfect example of how you should approach these type of situations. Right. You know, when we've seen that deal, when we've seen Joe Budden's deal, when we see Joe Rogan's deal, you know, the first thing that we thought about is, yo, that's dope. Shout out to, you know, Joe Rogan, Joe Budden for doing these, you know, significant deals with Spotify. But at the same time, it was like, what, why can't we do the same thing? Or why can't we be in those positions with enough work? And we know it's going to take a lot of work because we're starting from ground zero. We're just Mm -hmm. two people in Bakersfield that decided to, to do a podcast. But at the same time, like, we know that our conversations are comparable. We've gotten confirmation from, you know, certain people that listen to the podcast, random people in Brooklyn and random people right. in different cities, and truck drivers and all these different, you know, college students and all these things, things just just reaching out to us and genuinely appreciating our content. So we know in our hearts, and we have also got confirmation from outside sources that right. we can do whatever these people are doing. Right. So. Um, with that said, we just, we just going to keep grinding and, you know, people will be able to look back on this podcast or listen to this podcast and be like, yo, man, like they actually talked about what they were going to do and then they did it. 100%.
0: Yeah. You got to be a little bit crazy to believe this shit though. Cause mm-hmm. I think that the average person is only going, they're only going to look so far and they'll be like, mm, nah, I'm just going to go back to work. Mm-hmm. And it's like, no, you can't do that. Because the average person does not do what they love every day, mm-hmm. right? So if you can if you can put yourself in a position to do what you love for the rest of your life, why not fight for it? You know we're we're all going to die someday. Yeah, I don't want to get too preachy on here, but <laughs> I rather die fighting for what I believe in, and I believe in this podcast. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people uh, that have sent me messages and whatnot, I I seriously appreciate it, and this is why. Not just because it feels good. I'll be honest. It does feel good when someone says something nice or, you know, talks about the podcast. That's great. I I truly love that. But what I love about it the most is not only are these, um, these messages unsolicited, like I'm not like soliciting things for them to, you know, pop up and tell me something. But it's because these people are special. They took out the time to listen to two unproven guys on a podcast and they actually enjoyed it. Yeah. So that's a big deal. So I look at these these people um, differently based on the fact that I would love to have at least another 500 people just like you. Yeah. I don't want a bunch of Joe Blows. I want a bunch of people like you because you're awesome. And that's the type of audience that I would love to have listening to this podcast. Mm-hmm. You know, um, yeah, dude, we got a lot of great themes coming forward. I mean, yeah, we just we tend to just do it. Do the things. Yeah. We don't really like to talk about it too much.
1: Yeah, they had this, uh, I think, I don't know if it was a quote from Kobe or something like uh-huh. that. Um, and you you, you kind of had that reference, like the sports reference earlier, but it was talking about um, like pickup games versus like diligent practice. right? And they were saying it's a lot of guys out there that like to play basketball in the summer and, you know, go to the little open runs and stuff like that. But they were saying like, or he was saying like when it comes down to the, the actual work, you're not getting that much practice in during those games because, right. you know, if y'all go into eleven, if y'all go into twelve or whatever, or thirteen, whatever the, the the regular number is, um, you may get up five shots in that in that whole the whole course of the game because wow. you know it's four other people on the right. court and they're gonna take up some shots. You're gonna pass the ball around right. or whatever. Um, but when it comes to actual working on your skills, when you are just in the gym by yourself or you and a trainer you're able to put up thousands or 500 shots, um, of, of genuine practice. And, um, I think that's the same way we approach this, this podcast 100%, you know, man. We're practicing throughout the week. We, you know, researching content, make sure we're, we're, uh, we're, um, doing our research before we come in, come in and record on, on Sunday nights. Right. Um, and you know, it's the same, same, same scenario. Yeah,
0: man. I, I think it's also awesome. Um, Uh, shout out to pat mcafee pat mcafee stated you know it's awesome when other podcasts or people like joe rogan win because you know the question is who's next right and if you're a person that knows you're gonna continue to remain diligent and doing what you like what you love to do that's good because if i see somebody that that does something comparable to me and they win i'm like, hmm." Yeah, like he, even if, let's say he got 100 million, I'm like I know me and Keith at least good for at least, you know, 700,000 a piece. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs>
1: and when we get there it's going to be so so much different or so much better. Like right. I like in it too. You think about a guy like like Tyron, you know, Tyron Wallace out here a basketball player. He's the last pick in the draft that year and a yeah. lot of people before him didn't even see the light of day of making it onto the NBA right. court or, you know, a guy like Tom Brady that was was a sixth round pick, yep. um, and went on to win multiple, multiple rings. So, like that's the the journey that we're taking because exactly. we're not famous. Nope, we don't have a, a theme based podcast. We exactly. just talk about what we want to. We're not even a pop culture podcast. We do talk about <laughs> things, but half right. of our content is really just stuff that we just yeah like experience on a week to week basis. Yeah, so you know. It's, it's, you know, it's dope that we even the success that we have thus far, I think just the other day we were putting together all the numbers on all the different platforms and we have like roughly like 30,000 listens across the board. Yeah. Um and that's you know that's impressive for two guys that just you know yeah. just regular two regular dudes.
0: Yeah, I, I think it's, it says a lot too because you know I'm I'm not some cool DJ motherfucker like I'm in I'm in the clubs all the time. I don't work for the radio. I'm I'm not one of those guys. I'm a truck driver. Yeah, yeah. that's what I do for a living. So for people to take interest in a truck driver, that's kind of very rare. It's probably one of the most uninteresting people ever. Okay, so, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. so for somebody to take time for, to do that, and and then you know Keith also, you know Keith is a little more interesting to me out in the space because he's a little younger, and you know he you know does videos and all kinds of other shit. Mm-hmm. But I'm not even out doing that. Mm-hmm. So. <laughs> yeah i think it's it's really cool to get the attention that we've gotten thus far i just mm. think i think that eventually it's going to amplify times 10 and when it does that that's when them checks gonna start coming yeah and that's when we're <clears> gonna <throat> go even harder for the platform yeah gotta give the people what they want man yeah yeah uh switching gears um since uh covet 19 there are certain businesses that have flourished right and yeah some people are making a lot of money right now, a lot of money mm-hmm. um so far, you got uh Jeff Bezos, Mark Zuckerberg, and also Elon Musk they've made a combination of four hundred and thirty four billion dollars as a as a collective mm-hmm. which is fucking insane. but that's what happens when your business has some form of like you know sustainability during pandemics or recession mm-hmm. so this one says uh Zuckerberg had the biggest gains with uh Bezos adding thirty four point six billion to his wealth and Zuckerberg adding twenty five billion, according to a report. Uh, according to the report from Americans for Tax Fairness and the blank of states were locked down from May nineteenth. So I'm missing something there. Anyways, uh, th- to make a long story short, these guys are fucking rich. Okay. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> these motherfuckers are loaded, and I mean, and it's crazy because Jeff Bezos. Ex-wife has a bigger net worth than uh Elon Musk. That's crazy. That's fucking nuts. Mm-hmm. That's nuts, dude. Yeah.
1: I think um one of the 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 things that I that you notice about this this certain time is that the rich get richer, right? Oh yeah, of course. You think about um think about the uh excuse me. Think about the the lines that you see out in your city, when you're driving by, you see lines packed at Chick-fil-A, you see lines packed at in and out you oh see lines outside of Walmart, you see Target wrapped around the corner, all these different stores right. were supposed to be in a recession. The, the stock market was right. down you know, record to record lows and all, all of these kind of things, but still, people were somehow finding a way to spend money. Oh yeah. So essentially that's that's what happened with these guys. Like, you know, you, you own a you know, you own a certain corporation or a company and like Amazon and you know, first of all, all these freaking uh sanitary uh, products oh and you God. know, and toilet paper and all these was just shipping out like oh my sh- like crazy. And then on top of the fact that people got these stimulus checks and yeah. all they want to do is sp- Buy bikes yeah. and you know Keys all these yeah buy TVs and stuff like that. They had some statistic that said that you know the bike sales had went up crazy over the course of you know since the the, well, the coronavirus fuck is buying weights online and shit yeah buying all kind of just just spending money. So that's why these people are getting richer, you know. Yeah, Um I seen another thing that was saying like uh like fifty seven percent in a certain year or i don't know if this was over the course of like forever but right. 57% of fortune 500 companies were started during a recession that's crazy so it's just it just kind of goes to show that like a recession has this like negative stigma right. attached to it but at right. the same time it's an opportunity for you to double down on whatever you're doing on your yeah. passion or your business or whatever and right. actually come out on the come out better on on the opposite side
0: A recession is bad for a worker bee, but it's good for an entrepreneur. Yeah. Because an entrepreneur is trying to find a way to innovate or fast track the Mm -hmm. business. So once some shit, once the shit gets back, once everybody gets back rolling, now people will be like, oh, fuck. I didn't know they had that. This guy's awesome. Mm -hmm. So now you got all. There's the the next Mark Zuckerberg or Jeff Bezos has already started doing his thing. We just don't know who the fuck he is. Yeah, he started. Probably in February. Mm-hmm. Probably started in February, and then now his shit's really taking off. Mm-hmm. And by the end of the year, they're gonna say this guy is worth twelve billion dollars. You'd be like, God damn, who the fuck is this? Yeah, I think I, I'm. I'm. I'm.
1: You know, I'm. I'm working on stuff personally right now to you know further my business and further my portfolio and 100%. stuff like that. But I think you know just from my perspective and i know there's a lot of you know probably some computer programmers out there and some some inventors and engineers and stuff out there that are really working on things right. but from my perspective it was like um when the coronavirus hit it it helped me slow down cuz a lot of stuff was moving fast right. and stuff like that and um, what I was able to do is because I wasn't able to meet up with so many people or like have these certain meetings or shoot videos and stuff all the time, I was able to just sit down and, and decompress and really focus on the things that I needed to, um, in order to come out on the other end of this, um, this quarantine in a better position. And I feel like, you know, I, I, I really utilize these, uh, couple of months to, to really put myself in a position to, to do some, you know, amazing things on the other end of this, this virus. And that's exactly what Jeff Bezos and a lot of these other guys are doing. Jeff Bezos is probably buying more property, hiring more people, opening more warehouses. You know, Mark Zuckerberg, they're probably doubling down on the technology. I think um, Facebook just bought Giphy, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. Giphy is like Uh the it's like oh, a website that has yeah, like all the, like yeah. a wormhole of gifts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and who else was on? It was Mark Zuckerberg, Jeff Bezos. Who's the third yeah, person on that? And Elon Musk. And Elon Musk. Yeah, and he, Elon Musk is essentially forcing people. He's trying to force his way out of California. So, you know, that nigga's crazy. Nah, he just
0: reopened his shit. Yeah, but
1: he was threatening to move out of mm-hmm. California, Um, you know, trying to sue California and stuff yeah, like he that. strong armed yeah. them motherfuckers too. Yeah. <laughs> they don't want... That's a lot of business. They don't want that to be, you know, to mm-hmm. leave in the state.
0: And then one of the politicians said, fuck Elon. Yeah. I, I, I talked about it. That was, mm-hmm. That's it. And these politicians, just getting worse. Yeah. It's I like, think
1: people... Not everybody should have a voice. No. Nah. There's no reason to disrespect Elon Musk in that man. No. Nah. Some people yeah. just
0: need to shut the fuck up. Yeah. Yeah. Some people really should try shutting the fuck up. But mm-hmm. uh, basically, the whole the whole reason for this topic is because... If you are during this pandemic, if you have a business that could sustain uh, this, then this is very telling. Just how we seen Joe Rogan and he got this huge deal for Spotify and it's great for podcasters like us to see it. I think the average person seeing this that has some form of has like an entrepreneur spirit to them and they see this, they probably thinking like, yo, what kind of service can I provide that can last during a pandemic? Yeah. What is something that I can provide that no one else can? Right? And if you can come up with something, I guarantee you it's gonna it's gonna explode. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. It's just gonna-
1: and and on top of that, just make sure you really love it. Cause right. if you are gonna be um doing this consistently and you know, the money could be cool, but you know, sometimes um I was talking to my friend one day and uh, his sister was selling these um, like chocolate covered strawberries and yeah. you know candy apples and stuff like that. She has a, like a whole Instagram account set up for, you know, to do it. Right. And um, he was like trying to connect her with somebody that wanted to buy some strawberries for Mother's Day. Right. And he had to coach her into actually doing it because she didn't feel like doing it. And, you know, I say all that to say like, if it was something she genuinely loved, it wouldn't have been an issue. A hundred
0: percent. But you Man, know, even you
1: know, the money—it it doesn't even matter. If she, I think she ended up making like sixty bucks, and I don't know how much of that was profit, but right, you know, anybody in their right mind would jump up at sixty, uh, jump up for you know sixty bucks. Cause that's just that's easy money. Right. But because she didn't actually love making the strawberries, it might have been a task for her. She was you know thinking about not even doing it. So
0: yeah, sometimes you gotta you gotta realize like. You may not love the deed or the certain thing in general, but the the amount of empowerment you feel by creating and and making something with your hands and making money off of like basically off of your likeness Mm -hmm. because you've used, you've created something and now you're selling it. I think it's better to create something on your own and sell it than go to a place and clock in and get treated like a bitch all day. I think that's a little bit, it's more empowering to (laughs) do something that you actually are good at Mm -hmm. because this is how the structure works, and I don't like the structure. I'll be very clear. The structure of America is go to work and make somebody else rich.
1: Yeah. Period.
0: Mm -hmm. I don't care how much money you think you make or whatever. If you go to a job that you don't control, you're making someone else rich. I'm sick and tired of just the whole structure in general. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. I'd I'd rather be in... A business like as a collaborative with Keith, so you know, the money touches way less hands, it touches me and Keith's hands, and that's it. Mm-hmm. That's it. We produce our own content also, so we don't even have a producer. Yeah, so if you got a podcast and you're making over a half a million dollars a year, that means me and Keith is getting all of that. Yeah, you know, <laughs> yeah. yeah, so mm-hmm. it's something to think about, man.
1: Yeah, yeah, I think, um, you know, I just want all of our listeners out there, it doesn't even really matter where you work. And I know some of our listeners are like business owners and stuff like that. And are and they are doing what they want to uh, eat or the what they love. Yeah. They're getting paid to eat the booty. <laughs> 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 but there's, you know, a lot of, you know, our of our listeners that are actually doing what they love to do. Um, but for those of you who aren't, you gotta, you gotta really look at yourself in the mirror and, and, and tell yourself or, coach yourself into, you know, making that transition into doing what you love. If you are working a a minimum wage job right now, but you really want to, you know, uh, design, do interior design, or you really want to do photography or whatever the case may be, make sure you're putting in a little bit of time every day to, you know, hone your skill and hone your craft so that, you know, come two, three years down the line you can make that smooth transition into doing your doing your own thing for the for yeah. the rest of your life. You
0: could do that or you could make some uh chicken sandwiches at cane at raisin canes. Yeah, and
1: you be can- dealing with angry customers all day.
0: Yeah. Dealing with angry customers and the goddamn chicken strips all fucking day. Mm-hmm. You could do that. Yeah. You know, if you claim if you claim to say you hate your job, then you gotta lean into your passion. Yeah. That's all you can do. And if you don't have a passion, think about what you like doing. But the problem is, though, some people, the things they like doing are too toxic. They would be like, I love drinking. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, you, how can I get paid to drink all day? Yes. And then, but it's something like, how can I get paid to get blowjobs? So I be like, well, you know, there's actually a place for that. <laughs> a place called OnlyFans or A place or called Porn OnlyFans Hub. or Pornhub. You go to <laughs> one of those. People be uploading their sex videos, man, on these platforms making money, man. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's something to think about. If you would, if right now, I'm telling you, there's some people that's probably married, or you know, or whatever. They be on their OnlyFans. That OnlyFans is like the new strip club now. Oh yeah, yeah. but there was this, I, this guy named Graham Stefan,
1: mm-hmm. who uh, who does a lot of like real estate advice, financial advice on right. YouTube. He has a, a pretty big following. Uh-huh. Um, I watch his videos sometimes, and there was a girl. Uh, what he did, he had this conversation, like a quick conversation with this girl about her, um, just like essentially a financial literacy conversation right. and she was talking about how much money she was making and how much you know money she wants to make and you mm-hmm. know the stuff that she's spending our money on how to you know just finding certain ways right. to save money and stuff and he was giving her certain advice about car notes and you know just yeah. you know ways to uh reduce her reduce her outgoing income yeah um but one of the things she said was like, "Yeah, and, you know, I kind of want to do this. I want to get a side, uh, a side hustle to to help me make a little bit more money." I was also thinking about doing an OnlyFans, and I was like, "What? what? Like he's this is Graham Steppen is a serious like yeah. real estate investor. He got right. millions of dollars of real estate, and you on here talking about I want to do
0: a OnlyFans for a side hustle? Yeah, because here's the thing: a lot of women, especially women that look good, know that they can leverage their looks." Yeah. Because a lot of men are perverts. And if they go to a girl's, if they follow a girl on Instagram and she got nice titties and ass and shit, and they're like, oh, she got OnlyFans. I wonder what kind of exclusive content she got on there. And it's cheap, too.
1: It'd be like $4.99 a month to get all the content.
0: Times $4.99 times Mm $30,000. That's the reason why OnlyFans is popular because it's not breaking a person's pocket. Yeah. But they got so many subscribers Mm -hmm. that if you, if you, you know, you do all that times I don't know two dollars, two dollars times forty thousand people. Mm-hmm. Like, bro, that's that, every month. That's every month. Mm-hmm. That's nuts, dude. It, it was. It's girls make It's some girls making over a hundred thousand a month, mm-hmm. and only and OnlyFans. Yeah, that's nuts.
1: Crazy man.
0: Yeah, if I, if I was with a girl and I found out she got an OnlyFans account. I'm gonna be like, first of all, I wanna know what kind of content's on there. And se- matter of fact, if she got an OnlyFans account, man, I can't deal with that, man. <laughs> can't deal with that, man. You don't know what's going on that OnlyFans. Yeah, but-
1: even and I know I know a girl that has a like a Pornhub account. Wow. She has close to
0: a million, a million uh views right now. Wow. You go on her thing, she like uh, 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 sucking uh, uh, Keith from a trucker's mind podcast. Oh God! Don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> don't put that in the air.
1: That'd be crazy. I got a porno out there. That'd be crazy. <laughs> you know it's Keith because you hear his laugh. He's like. Ha, 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 ha. <laughs> Oh man That'd, that'd be, be crazy. crazy That'd be Yeah like the podcast Playing in the
0: background Where I'm hitting it From the back No, i would be the intro <laughs> 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 <Got to do. laughs> That's Oh the man. intro going on Motherfucking <laughs> Oh that'd be terrible mm-hmm. They'd be like I know that voice That's that's Eddie From the Pitcher's Mind Podcast <laughs> That's yeah. crazy I wonder how many How many chicks In Bakersfield Got pornos Like that have made Like oh. popular Oh like popular ones Yeah Ain't no
1: telling, I know. Yeah, I'm sure some because I know some niggas with
0: like videos in their phones. It probably all kind of yeah. I know those dudes would be having straight sex videos. I'm like, dude, that's fucked up, man. You should kiss and tell. Yeah. But it, if they had porn about like Bakersfield chicks, it'd be like oil sluts. Ah, uh, volume ten. <laughs> <laughs> that's <was> crazy.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'd be tra- I be th- that kind of um. It's it's a little strange to me, like. First of all, like, why are you sharing uh like your a sex tape
0: you got with your friends like yeah what's the what's the what's the goal there? I don't want you to see me doing that, yeah, I would never want to show a friend of of mine's uh me showing them a video of me penetrating a vagina <laughs> I think that is just that is beyond weird mm-hmm. like what are you doing like yeah, man, you see that you're like well, I stroke that huh that's dope, huh you're like, bro, yeah. that's weird, yeah. That's weird, man.
1: Yeah, it's super weird. I I don't get it. And a lot of these guys, like they be, they'll have like videos floating around in group chats and stuff like that. It's just like it, it's almost demeaning to the girl. Oh, very like, you demeaning. Gotta, we have to respect women more. Yeah, hundred like, percent. It's cool. You want to like, you know, it, it. You know, I I'm not trying to judge anyone here, but even if you did like if you did record the video and it was like consensual, like both of you knew and you just watched it for your own personal pleasure in your your alone time. But like the fact that it's like this, it's like
0: trading cards, right? It's like right, Pokemon right.
1: cards. When niggas would be just in group chats sharing different yeah, videos and pictures and stuff. That's
0: just that's bad. I don't trust that man. That's yeah. that's weird. Mm-hmm. But I I think I had a video before and I looked at it. And I was like, dang, I was turn that pussy up. <laughs> you made a video? Yeah, I did before. That's Back crazy. In Back in the day, I just would turn it on, turn the video on, be like, wow, that's crazy. I was smacking that. Yep. Yeah. And then, then you just delete it or get rid of it. But I never showed anybody
1: yeah I can't do that I just don't like yeah and for me like I genuinely
0: care about women so I don't want to be like same here yeah sweet. yeah no I think I think I think I find pleasure in uh in having sex with chicks and not telling anyone about it like yeah. absolutely anyone mm-hmm. you know I don't want anybody having a clue not because I'm you know ashamed of the girl or any of that just based on the fact that like if you're a grown man you move differently you don't you don't kiss and tell like, yeah, you know, I've seen girls out like after we've fooled around and it'd be months and months later and now they have a boyfriend and these women are comfortable enough to say hi to me. Yeah, right? And I think that's a big deal. Like if if you out with somebody, your husband or whoever and you say hi and I say hey, how you doing and I keep it moving, like he doesn't have any weird feelings about me. Mhm. You know, but he don't know that I was, you know, smashing this girl from the back. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that was uh... <laughs>
1: Yeah, I'm right there with you, man. There's certain like, um, there's certain mm-hmm. you know females that I I've de- dealt with, and um, only two three people know that I yeah that I smash. So it's like, it doesn't. You don't have to present this to the world, like you know, uh. the pleasure, you know, genuine actually ends after you know her or you come, and then you know that should be the end of it. There shouldn't. I don't know why you would find pleasure
0: in like you know, letting the world know that you smashed whatever female. I think the most embarrassing thing probably has to be a dude that's sharing a video and he probably comes in like 30 seconds. Uh, <laughs> What's the point of sharing a video 30 seconds, dude? Yeah. You didn't last for 30. That's embarrassing. Yeah. I'm like, man, this nigga only lasts 30 seconds. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Look. And he 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 hyping up the video too. Like, nigga, I was in that. I was sitting there all kind of different ways. I'm like thirty seconds. Sound like it's an Instagram
0: video. <laughs> <laughs> Instagram video is one minute. <laughs> Anything longer than one minute has gotta be a story. That's funny. Anyways. Alright, switching gears. Um, all these packed stores and long lines, are they a result of people with lack of passion? And me and Keith kinda tied this in for one reason. I think that when you look at what me and Keith do, Keith is usually doing editing or shooting videos or doing just He's, usually doing, he's creating something oftentimes. Mm-hmm. Me, I'm usually at work, but I also have things I'm creating. I won't really speak on that on the podcast, but I have things that I'm actively doing outside of just my job and this podcast. Yeah. So basically, we're both in the business of creating things, and we don't gravitate to everything other people do, not because we are trying to stand out, but based on the fact that we genuinely have other shit that interests us. Yeah. And what you what you notice is, is during a pandemic, you go to Walmart and stuff and it's always super packed. You you go to certain re, uh, certain restaurants and they're always super packed. Mm-hmm. And I think that has more to do with people not having anything to do, mm-hmm. because when this shit's normally open, then it has some slow, some slow hours mm-hmm. where it's slow. It's not that many people in Walmart or in and out. But the lines in In-N-Out have got longer. I drive by In-N-Out and that line is like over, it's like over almost a fucking mile long, man. Yeah. So it's like, dude. People don't realize that, you know,
1: You know, I don't want to get too far away from the topic, but no. a lot of these customers don't realize that the owners of these businesses are just laughing to the bank. 100%. They're like, oh my gosh, y'all really spent y'all stimulus check. <laughs> so, to make me richer <laughs>
0: he's gonna have a heart attack from these burgers <laughs> 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 fat motherfucker <laughs> you want a five padded you want a five by five you fat fuck <laughs> <laughs> that's, what do. that's what the boss of the CEO of fucking uh, in and out is saying mm-hmm. Yeah. In and out is dude, if you go by I guarantee you, what time is it? Yeah. In and out should still be open. Yeah. If you go to In N Out right now, I guarantee you there's a line. Is long. Oh my God. That and Chick fil A.
1: Yeah, I've been on it. I've been on I've driven by uh In N Out on a weekday, like uh-huh. somewhere around this time, eleven o'clock at night. Right. And uh it was packed. I'm like, yo, what are y'all doing?
0: Like, my mother- dinner
1: is supposed to be at what, like seven, six thirty, somewhere in there?
0: Motherfuckers not cooking, man. Yeah like dude you gotta learn how to cook something dude yeah I, I, I find joy in cooking like i and that's another thing too i actually cook so i don't have to always go out and eat because i can actually cook really mm. good actually mm-hmm. you know um or i'll be working or looking up something on youtube there's so much free information on youtube one of the reasons one of the ways i was able to start my business is by looking at youtube videos uh like tailored towards what I want to do I would watch videos for four and a half, five hours Mm -hmm. just looking up different stuff, looking up different uh, things to invest my money in Mm -hmm. and it's free information Yeah, it's free information Yeah, so it's like bro, that's how you know a lot of people without their jobs people complain about their job but not having they don't have any type of passion to back it up and now that they ain't got a job, they ain't got shit going on now they're just getting drunk and eating fried chicken every day
1: yeah, I think it's um, fucked up. Yeah, just kind of going back to that original point. I think um what the reason we were able to recognize this thing is because we were we're moving different than the large population. Like, and also we were already actively working towards or actively doing things that we have uh or that we are passionate about. So right, right. now, like we said, the reason the lines are so long is because people don't really have a passion or they don't actually, you know, do what they love doing on a daily basis. Right. Like there's just imagine, you know, somebody sitting in line at in and out just because they're bored and they're, they're at home and they just want to get out of the house versus what we are doing. We're sitting in Eddie's house and we're recording a podcast. Yes, yeah, sir. So <clears throat> I just think, you know, if you're one of those people that just need to get out of the house or that I need to do this, I'm I'm going crazy doing this. It's honestly because you haven't found your passion 100%. Yet. And, you know, sometimes your passion can um, come with, like, being outside and doing certain things. But there's a way to do that safely also. It's yeah. Not, it doesn't involve standing in line at Walmart or whatever.
0: Yeah. Motherfuckers just be walking around Walmart with nothing to do. It's like, yeah. bro, you know, you realize there's a pandemic going on. And th- what I've learned more about people than anything is the fact that they genuinely don't have a purpose in life. Yeah. And the scary thing about it, this is the scariest thing. The scariest thing is that 100% of people walking in Walmart at the same time as me are going to die. Yeah. We're all going to fucking die. Why don't you find some? And it's weird. The, the whole concept of people not trying to chase their dreams or not trying to do something. It's weird. And then Mm -hmm. I think the scariest thing for me now is to die with a bunch of regret of not doing the things that I had the opportunity to do. Mm -hmm. And it's just like, fuck, man, if you're listening to this and you're one of those people, we're not shaming you, but you need to figure it out because you're going to be dead. And then if you have any type of consciousness outside of this world, wherever that may be. You're going to say, fuck, I was good at that. I wish I could have did that. Fuck. I I mean, I I loved her, but I should have married her. Fuck. Mm -hmm. You're going to have all these regrets because of all the shit that you left on the table, man. Yeah. And like you got to figure something out, man. Mm -hmm. I don't know what it is, and I don't want to sound like a broken record, but goddamn, you got to figure something out. Yeah. Yeah. And like you said before, it's
1: um, so much. So much game in the world right now, all right, and even if you do have to make a small investment of fifteen dollars or twenty dollars whether that's a book or a little master class or something all like right. that um be willing to, to 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 dive into this that process and and learn about whatever 100%. um you know like we we said before there's you know people that talk to Eddie talk to me all the time about. Podcast, so, Y'all want to start a podcast. How can I start a podcast? It's like and then I it's, tell them and they don't do shit. Yes, yeah, it's, it's super easy. Like, got And even if you're not, uh, you know, getting the whole production like we have, we've invested, you know, maybe a couple thousand dollars into like all the stuff that we have. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's ways to to get it out there. I, you know, one of the things that I've uh come to realize as far as like my um my entertainment and my filmmaking and and things like that is that you're, you're not always going to be able to do it exactly how you envisioned it, but you can, you can remix it. You know what I mean? Remix. Yeah. (laughs) Okay.
0: Um, (laughs)
1: Yeah. So you can, you can remix it and you can make it, um, you can, you can, you can make it what it is. Like when we started out, now we have you know four mics, but when we started out, we only had one
0: mic—literally one—in
1: yep. a laptop, and we just you know we just thugged it out. So you know if you're out there and you have you you have this vision and it's you know your finances aren't aligned with exactly how you you envision them, you can you can come up with different ways to make it as good as possible or as good as you can make it with all the you know the means that you currently have.
0: So, a hundred percent, man, a hundred percent. All right, switching gears. Uh, Russ, I believe you were telling me he has a book. I actually need to check the book out. Mm-hmm. Hopefully he has an audio uh, audio version. That would be cool. Mm-hmm. And since I'm a truck driver, I can't read very many books. It's usually better through audio. But the rapper Russ made a point And in quote, it says, fuck the points. Play for the love of the game. Um, what people, what that means is the fact that we get too caught up in the analytics of things, like how many points are you scoring? If, if somebody found out that you scored one point, they'd be like, why is he playing? He's just not good. Mm-hmm. If you love something it's not always about points, just like if you love something that's not always about money, it's for the love of it. And I think that if you can do something, of which we've talked about before, if you can do something that you love and get paid for it, then that's the cherry on top, right? And and the fact that people find interest in what you're doing, that makes it even even greater, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, man, that's what I took from it. I took from it like I'm we're we're living in a parallel way to yeah. the message. Mm-hmm. That's what I take from it.
1: Yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right there. Um, I think what what I um, like just to my personal experience, um, you know, just from you know making music and dropping it on SoundCloud or you know putting the podcast out or doing skits and stuff like that. I used to be so um, I used to be so set on certain certain analytics and certain numbers and stuff like that. Like, man, I, my 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 YouTube hold, video
0: got hold, a hold that thought. Hold that thought. Okay, I had that fucking fan on. I wonder if <laughs> if oh. it if picked up on the podcast. I couldn't hear it. Are oh, you gonna hear it? No. That motherfucker was
1: like. <laughs> oh, I
0: didn't hear. It. My bad, man. Go ahead. Yeah,
1: but um, no. So the um. And like, you know, just from my own personal experience, you know, I started out that way. It's just looking at, you know, you know, you always have this dream like, yo, I'm going to drop one song and then it's going to be crazy. I'm going to be the next Soldier Boy or whatever. Then you drop the song and then like 200 people listening. You're like, yo, that's a little bit, that's far away from what Soldier Boy's numbers was doing. right? Um, But, you know, after a while, you're like looking at the numbers are not going to change the numbers, you know. So what exactly. you can do is focus on. Just the love of the sport or the love of the game and making sure um, each individual possession you're doing the best you can and that and that for us means like in this podcast world, it means that each episode we're gonna do as good as possible and then let the chips fall where they may because if you're looking at it, you, you you're gonna get discouraged because the numbers are never going to look as good as you you want them to. So, no, no. yeah, that's, you know, just just for your own psyche it's just it's important to just focus on um, focus on uh, focus on the game
0: and not the and not the numbers. One thousand mm-hmm. percent. I think a lot of times it's it's hard for people to do that. Mm-hmm. Like it's, it's almost like a person being single and everybody's trying to hook them up with people or trying to be like, you need to settle down. But the person is looking at the long term. They're like, I'm happy now. You know, this is where I want to be. But people are trying to hook them up with somebody because they only see happiness through another person. Yeah. But they don't see it from, you know, yourself. Mm-hmm. They figure like you need someone else to be happy. So people are looking at it from two different vantage points. Mm-hmm. They're like, oh, you need somebody. But you're like, nah, I love myself. Mm-hmm. So this is I'm going to move in accordance to me loving myself. Right. Versus I'm not going to move in accordance to me. Saying, you know, that I want love, so I'm willing to just run off and get with somebody that I might not like very much. Mm -hmm. That's the relationship. I don't know if that's the greatest analogy, but that's the relationship people have with. They rather choose to make a lot of money uh, for doing things that they absolutely hate. and They don't have any ownership in it than actually taking a risk. And you might have to eat shit for a while. You're going to be broke for a while. You're not going to get the attention that you want for a while. But you're better off taking that path of the unknown. Mm. And then you know, then not because what's funny is is people have a lot of respect for people like Ludacris and motherfucking The Weekend, and they love these people. But all these people were not known; they were not known. Mm-hmm. They just made music until somebody found out. Yeah, and that's the hardest thing for people to do. Mm-hmm. They they don't they don't have any real like stick to itiveness, and they m- much rather go with the the sure thing. Mm-hmm. so there's a there's a whole i don't know this is a whole lot that that the whole that it uh encompasses but mm-hmm. yeah that's that on that man
1: yeah i think a lot, part of that too is like when you are so focused on the numbers um you could start to do uh you could start to almost like lose the passion for it or you may fall into something where you're not actually doing it for the love you know there's a lot of there's a lot of musicians out there and you can tell just by the way certain people move um, that are not necessarily like passionate about the music. They're only passionate about the opportunity to get rich. And that's that's generally why people stop, why they're ahead in podcasts the same way. There's probably people out there that did a couple podcasts, like, you know, four or five episodes. And that was like, yo, like this ain't, we ain't getting rich off of this. And, we just got to, you know, keep recording and, you know, it's not working out like that. So they just end up quitting. Yeah. Yeah. So,
0: yeah, you got to stay in for the long term, man. Mm-hmm. It's a it's a long game, man. Mm-hmm. I'm looking. My thing is, I'm not just looking at, you know, another year from now. I'm looking down five, six years down the pipeline. Yeah. See, I've been driving trucks now. It's been about five years now. Mm-hmm. So I think about personally, like every. I feel like every five years there's growth. Yeah. So by the time I'm 40, I'm 35 now. So by the time I'm 40, I'm going to reach like the apex of where I want to be in life. Yeah. And I feel like as long as I'm doing the work, I'm going to get there gradually. Because yeah. each year has gotten better for me since 2015. Literally, 15 was better than 14. Then then 16 was better than 15. Then 17 was better than 16 and on and on all the way to now. Mm-hmm. And that's the honest to God truth. Yeah. And that's what I expect going forward. I have no intentions of taking any steps back.
1: Yeah. So. I just
0: um a couple of days ago made a uh,
1: like a short term and long term goal chart and I just wrote down stuff about the podcast, what I want to do in the film industry, et cetera, et cetera. And uh, that's one of the things that I've been kind of looking forward to also is that just focusing on each individual play. And in turn, you know, when you look up Two years from now, you got 30,000 listens on your podcast. You, right. know, you look up two, three years down the line, you got, you know, a deal or, you know, you got, you, look, you know, six, seven, eight years down the line and you, you know, you got one of the, a ranked podcast on Spotify. So that's, it's really what it boils down to.
0: hundred percent. Well, I don't got much else uh, on this podcast, uh, but I will leave with this. Once again, I would like to congratulate the class of 2020. I'm not sure how many high school kids are listening to this, and I really think you shouldn't because it's not good for years. Um, but, <laughs> um, yeah, it's, 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 gonna, it's rough. You know, a lot of these kids did not get to go across the stage, and a lot of their family probably wanted, them, w- wanted to have that moment. Uh, so this is unfortunate. Uh, however, uh, just re- remain, uh, remain steadfast in your journey. Um, continue to work and do what's best uh, for you. But uh, I've got nothing else. So thank you for listening to a Trucker's Mind podcast, episode 113. I'm Eddie McGee. It's your boy, K Fings. Yeah, out of here. Peace.